Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. I won't lie, Llewellyn, I am in the middle of a Love is Blind season two binge. <laughs> oh, why? Uh, I just am a glutton for punishment, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, you know what's hilarious is the same people end up on these shows. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, or for those that can't, like, have... Shayna is Jessica from season one. Um, what is it? Nick and... You ask me, ask me like I know. I've never seen it. I know. I'm not really referring to you. I'm really just referring to the friends out there. Um, Nick and... Wow, oh, what's his face? Uh, or what's her face? Um, Danielle. They're essentially... Damien and... Uh, what's her... Whatever her name is. Um, like, they're just crazy together um Janina sorry Janina and Damien so um it's just hilarious anyway so I've been in the middle of that what have you been up to I know we're not giving life updates but you good yeah yeah it's been forever since we talked just hanging out with family and and trying to enjoy the weather before it gets to be like a hundred a million degrees outside so (laughs) yeah your spring is essentially like our it's like the wind down to your summer (laughs) Yeah. Which I'm, I feel so sorry to you about. <laughs> um, okay. I know we have both seen the Batman. You've seen yes. the Batman, right? Every time I say the Batman, I think that I sound like an adult trying to explain it to like a little <laughs> kid. I'm like, have you agree. seen the Batman? Yeah. Because um, that's what I literally said to my nephew one time. Sorry, I'm ruffling things. You're going to hate me. But I went to a character breakfast at the hotel that I worked at. I worked I worked at in the restaurant inside, but the hotel had like a breakfast place and they did like a superheroes breakfast. And I took my nephew to it. It was the cutest thing. But he found a balloon on the floor and was just very overly excited about the balloon while the characters were directly behind him, like taking pictures. They were right there. And I just was like, Wesley, uh, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm playing with this balloon. And I was like, what did you come here to do? He's like, uh, to see the Batman. I was like, to see the Batman. So every time I say the Batman, I literally just like bring myself back to that moment. Um, it was so sweet, though, because as we were leaving the house, sorry, this is a random topic, but um, as we were leaving the house to like go on this breakfast, I thought he was going to get really nervous, like leaving his mom for an extended period of time because he was still like young. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, are you so excited to meet these superheroes? And, he, you know, he's three. And he was like, yeah. And I said, which one are you most excited to see? And he said, you. And I was like, I emotionally was not What is ready. it about children that, like, cling not, to you? Ugh, I was not awesome. ready. I, like, broke down in tears. I was like, that is the sweetest thing. Anyways, so every time I, I hear the Batman, that's what I think of, and I think of children. So, um, but give me your, let's just give our little, like, 30-second, 60-second, like, initial thoughts. Go. Yeah, so, you know, without obviously giving any spoilers, um, I, I, I think the last Batman I saw was, um, like, way back when Heath Ledger was the Joker. I can't remember mm-hmm. who played Batman. That's how long ago it was Christian um, Bale there you go so that's the only one I've seen I never saw the Ben Affleck one so and I'm more a Marvel person which I think all of our fans know um yeah. but I actually had a friend that was like hey you want to come with us tonight like it was a last minute like 
on a whim and i said yeah sure mm. i had no idea it was almost three hours long so if you want to see this movie <laughs> and you're going on a work night or a school night think again <laughs> um yeah. we didn't get out until like almost 11 and i was like i need to go to work tomorrow but i honestly was really shocked i when i saw that robert pattinson was going to be batman i was like uh i don't <laughs> know how i feel about this um yeah. But I honestly thought he did a phenomenal job. Like, yeah, I think I haven't seen a lot of the DC movies like since Christian Bale's Batman. So I don't have a lot to like go on. But I think they did a really good job portraying the story. Um, it is pretty dark, I would say. So I, I definitely wouldn't recommend taking your children to go see it. Um, yeah, but, like physically bring, bring a flashlight. It's really dark. Yeah, it, it is dark. <laughs> but no, but I know is. what you meant. Like, even like the, like they like cast it so it's like dark. But I think almost all Batman movies are that way. But um, I thought it was really good. I am interested to see more. I think that seeing that movie like made me interested to see more DC stuff. Yeah, so I'll leave it at that without spoiling anything great recap i would say that you can't judge the previous things of dc versus this one so don't go into like what has already been done in dc and think like watch it through the filter of this current batman because it's it's different yeah Um, i would say that the person i went with he said um that he has seen some of the, the more recent dc movies and he said even this one was like you could tell that dc is trying to do better and like make it um like more appealing to the audience so he he definitely recommended that like this you can't compare it just like you said my sorry i think my heat's on right now so you just hear like a low hum in the background sorry cannot be helped um i i really liked it i thought it could have been about 30 minutes shorter if he just moved a little faster (laughs) (laughs) yes there's so many times it could have ended (laughs) like his his eyes like shifting from like looking from one thing to another like his his demeanor he's just really slow um so i think that could have easily shaved off 20 to 30 minutes if just things were faster um but i liked the the grittiness of it um i liked the fact that they got back to kind of the original um comics version of batman which he is a detective um like of all the things that Batman is good at in the comics is that he is a detective. And I thought that they highlighted on that really well because we haven't seen Batman work that closely with the police. They just always, you know, considered him like in the other portrayals of him in movies, we've just always seen him as like a responder to like when the police need him, but they were actively bringing him in on this case. And that I think accurately shows Um, the real like history of Batman like people would put him not on the same level as but like within the same categories like Sherlock you know like just he is a brilliant deducer of information so I really enjoyed that element of it because I think it allowed us to see Batman in in a different light I didn't love um, the shoved in romantic element with that was weird that was real weird um, it felt like this could have been the beginning movie where they're just getting to know each other, but they could have waited for all of that until like, if they're going to do some sort of sequel or anything like that, they could definitely could have waited and it would have actually made me anticipate and want that in the second movie. But the fact that they tried to like 
shove it in like down my throat in this movie. I was like, eh, I don't really see the chemistry between them in that yeah. way at this point. I could see it in the future as they like continue to depend on each other, work together, you know, whatever. So that's something I didn't like. I did love um, uh, Gordon and his portrayal of, um, you know, he was, he's not like police chief at this point um, or uh, police commissioner at this point. You can see that this is like his beginning story, but he works really closely with Batman. I thought it was really, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought the Riddler was interesting. Uh, I thought it was an interesting portrayal. It just kind of seemed um, different, which I really liked. Uh, but I'm kind of annoyed. Um, actually, I can't say that without being spoilers. So I'm not going to say that. Just one of the very end scenes was kind of frustrating to me. I feel like we... Like the Riddler has been portrayed before by like Jim Carrey, which obviously is his own type of character but if um if we're gonna try and keep recreating all I'm gonna say is if we keep trying to recreate the same exact villains all the time it's gonna get really frustrating one thing I oh you're talking about the very last scene yep before it like yeah yep because here's the thing even with spider-man there was never even with spider-man and them re-upping the movies there's never been the same villain twice that is one amazing thing that i can say about all the spider-mans there has never been a repeated bad guy whereas for some reason it's like batman's only it's like he only has two people that he fights consistently yeah and that's really frustrating because yeah. every time you reboot this, I want something new, but they keep trying to pigeonhole the same characters every time. It's like, no wonder you guys can't start anything new. It's because you bring in the same bad guy and it's just different interpretations of him. And that's honestly, that's really frustrating for me and something that I didn't really articulate to this degree, at least until now. Um I am very appreciative for Marvel. Uh, I guess it was Sony before, so whatever. But um, at least Sony had a different villain every movie for every different Spider-Man. Like, they didn't start from the ground up. And I really appreciated yeah. that. So. Cool. Yeah. Great. Um, well, okay, let's, like, spin spin our heads around, like, 180 degrees and get into this episode of Friends. Um, the one with Phoebe's uterus. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'll let you do the recap. Go for okay. it. <laughs> um, also, we just want to give a slight disclaimer. I'm sure you guys know by now that Leanne and I both live with roommates. Um, yes. Different areas, but we both have roommates. And from time to time, you may hear them in the background. I try my best to take it out, but it's not always possible. So we apologize. Um, but love yeah. us anyway. Thanks. Yes, please. <laughs> All right. So this week we watched... Oh, where to go? There it is. Um, season four episode oh gosh 10 11 episode 11, 11 uh, titled the one with phoebe's uterus this was written by seth Curland, directed by david steinberg and originally aired on january 8 1998 phoebe's half-brother frank jr returns with exciting news and asks a huge favor of phoebe and ross gets joey a job as a museum tour guide oh this one's so good this one has um this one has one of our uh whatchamacallit's in it what oh my gosh i just lost it our um rating system wait it does 
Yeah, it's like, it's what like inspired one of our rating system numbers. Oh, come on. You know which one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. (laughs) I have it in the notes, but it's honestly been weeks since I've watched this episode. Yeah. Uh, I watched them way ahead of time and then we had to take a few weeks off or something like that. So anyways, okay. We start this episode in the soft open and Phoebe is at the cafe with her brother and his now wife, Alice. They've gotten married. Um, It's his old teacher. We've kind of talked about that before and uh, we find out that they have eloped. They were at the courthouse having lunch and decided to just go for it. Um, Phoebe was like wondering like, oh my God, why were you at the courthouse? Because... A lot happens at the courthouse, like court. <laughs> and so he was, she was like really worried, like, oh my gosh, why were you there? But they were like, well, you were having lunch. And it just is, it makes, it makes me laugh because it's like, it makes me think of like park and recreation. You know how like, those are the only people having lunch at the courthouse, <laughs> like people who work there. Um, and they get like really excited about the fact that they got married and they start just like making out um during their hug like right on the couch in front of phoebe like it's very uncomfortable to watch um they're just very passionately all over each other um now phoebe is wanting to of course give them a wedding present to celebrate with them and asks what they want and they get a little serious and alice says like we've been trying to get pregnant um since like like since we've been engaged i you know i just She's old, essentially, is what's happening. Um, And they want Phoebe to be their surrogate. And Phoebe was not prepared for this. She was thinking, like, maybe a gravy boat would suffice. Um, But this is a big, big ask. Yes. Now, that is a soft open. So that that sets us up for the entirety of, you know, one of the major storylines moving forward. In the main part of the episode, in the girls' apartment, uh, Ross and Joey come into the apartment where um, a few of the friends are, like, hanging out. And Joey makes them guess which job he got based on the clothes that he's wearing. Now, Chandler doesn't know, but Trump wants his blue blazer black. And (laughs) the friends make fun of him for messing up the joke. Yes, which, um, it's, I mean, it's pretty popular, I think most people know that that line was not actually what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be blue blazer back, mm-hmm. but the reaction of the cast, like response, like their responses were so funny that the producers were like, we're just going to leave this in here. So yeah. that is an impromptu moment started by Matthew Perry and carried very well by all the friends. <laughs> you know, there was always something that rubbed me wrong in this scene because it doesn't sound like, the normal friends dialogue like there's something very um grade grating grating about it um it just doesn't sound like even in joking it seemed a little out there but when i found out that like you said that this was like a real blooper that they just ran with it made a lot of sense because there's always just been something about this scene that i like i didn't love the friends's reaction to it and now i realize it because they were trying to answer in character, but you can tell that there's like the slightest discrepancy from how the writers write for the characters versus the actors trying to model who those people were. Does that make sense? And you yeah. might not have felt the same yeah. way, but I've always just 
there's just a little grating in the back of my mind that like something seems wrong here. And then I realized once I found out that it was an improv completely, I was like, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. It was definitely different than what we're used to seeing and hearing. Yeah, for sure. Now, Ross got Joey job. Essentially, the reveal is that uh, Ross got Joey job at the museum as a tour guide, which surprisingly doesn't need many qualifications. Um, They give you all the info. It's like memorizing the script, which obviously Joey can do. This seems like a really, you know, great fit. Now, Phoebe comes in announcing her brother's marriage and the baby and that Phoebe is going to grow it for them. Um, and the friends are not thrilled. Joey does not get what surrogacy is at all. He literally thinks that Phoebe just has to have sex with her brother in order for this (laughs) baby to be made. He has, he has no idea, but even the rest of the friends, like they're, they're like not sure that this is like the right thing. I mean, mind you, they, they're they just in shock, just like Phoebe was in shock when she heard it in the cafe, but now Phoebe's had time to process it in between that time and this time, whereas the friends, like, this is fresh off, like, fresh off the press. Um, Phoebe has the best attitude about it, and the friends are concerned that she's not, like, really weighing the cost. Um, and Joey, like, I loved this. Joey affirms that they are obviously going to be supportive of whatever she chooses, but they just wanted to think it through, like talk to yeah. someone who's been through it, which was so wise. Yeah, for sure. For Joey, <laughs> you know, because of who he is. Now downstairs in the cafe, Kathy and Chandler are still together. Um, the girls are like jealous, but they find out that Chandler and Kathy haven't had sex yet. Now, this story element honestly makes no sense to me. I'm starting to see a pattern. What happens like when you watch TV, like, you know, when you watch a TV show and it's normality over, you know, once a week, every week for, you know, 23, 24, 25 weeks a year, and you have a huge summer in between, you don't quite see some of these minute like writing patterns. But when you see them this closely together, I'm starting to see this pattern where they build and build a storyline to the point where there's like tension and then there's like this desired outcome. Chandler and Kathy are together. The sexual tension for us as viewers have sort of been relieved by the fact that like they end up together. Um, and they really barely allow us to sit in it because we really haven't seen a lot of Kathy since they've actually like ended up together. She hasn't been brought back for a lot of the episodes in this interim and then they all of a sudden start having issues that make no real life sense oh yeah does that make sense like it's just kind of i don't know i get it's a show obviously but like in it just the realism of it doesn't make any sense yeah i think you're thinking too far into it but um sure i i mean i get what you're saying like it was like very Kathy heavy there for like what half of the season like the first half of what we've already gone over yeah Um, yeah but then it's like all of a sudden she drops off for like two or three episodes like they mention her name maybe once right but then all of a sudden she's back and it's like part of the storyline right 
and and there's like trouble looming yeah it's like we haven't even seen them in relationship you know like right. we saw richard like we saw richard and monica together you know what i mean yeah yeah so now chandler is trying to justify it to the friends and ross kind of like calls him out on it chandler's worried he'll be compared to joey and kathy um which, you know, is a legitimate concern when literally your best friend dated the same girl. Right. Um, which is so awkward. Now, in the museum, Joey is giving a tour. This is his job. So exciting. Giving a tour to kids and is completely messing up. And the kids are the ones calling him out on it. Which is so like Joey to like try and remember all those long names. Like it's not just like memorizing an easy script with English language that you would use in a in a daily manner it's all of these long like all these long dinosaur and like yeah yeah names um now he stops by a set you know like a little set area where ross is working and joey tries to like build him up but he um like oh this is ross like he's like a great like doctor here blah 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 and then like he ends up doing like close-up magic for the kids and just like ruining like what joey was trying to like build him up for which i thought was really cute now over at phoebe's um we catch up with phoebe over at her mom's place and mom her mom does like pottery nudes um and you like nude like things like sculpture things yeah i think she said like pottery and erotica were like two of her passions yeah <laughs> i'm like that is like weird i mean that's our new title for this episode <laughs> pottery <kidding>. erotica. <laughs> <The one> with... <laughs> please no i'm not gonna i won't i won't do it but all of our listeners will know i considered it um yeah well i think it's very funny how that like now it is very trendy like to have like I've seen fabrics with like the two little half circles with like nipples like they look like different shaped like boobs on them or like candles of like the feminine like body um that I get like you see it on Instagram like you know random uh what's it called (laughs) marketing or whatever I get what you mean yeah um, like just like it seems like that's very trendy so I thought it was really funny when her mom was like pottery and erotica I was like that's so in right now but anyways now Phoebe's like told like tells her mom what's happening and Phoebe's mom just doesn't think it's a good idea she knows what it's like to give up a baby like the pain that goes with that and she decides to do something that's gonna ultimately like kick her a little bit um in the rear by the end of this episode but she gives phoebe a puppy she says i'm only going to give it to you for three days she knows like she doesn't have the right to get all you know parenty about it but she just needs her to learn like what it will be like to give up something after you like it's not a long enough time because you don't want the puppy to be there for a week and a half because that's not how long you get but like a few days in the hospital while you're recovering or you know whatever like it's just a lot now what i loved about this episode is that cute little freaking puppy oh it was so cute it's wiggling all over the place made me wonder if like 
just Lisa Kudrow herself was just like holding the dog in like a weird place to where he was like, get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like how old it actually was. It definitely looked like a puppy. Um, so cute. Yeah. So a couple things. This is the last. Yeah. So Phoebe is talking to her birth mother and this is the last appearance mm-hmm. that we have of her in the whole show. Oh, um, I did not which I thought that. was, I thought it was, that's early. Like I feel like we saw her again, but I guess not. Um, yeah. And then another fun fact, Terry Garr, who is the actress that plays Phoebe's mom, and Paget Brewster, who plays Kathy, both appear in this episode, but they do not share any scenes. They would both later go on to play sisters in Unaccompanied Minors. So Sisters? Really? They do yeah. not look like the same age. Well, I mean, I don't know what Unaccompanied Minors is, but maybe oh, Terry maybe Garr plays like, a... like an older sister. You're right. You're right. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've like, you that. watch your sister now, but she's, like, old enough to get into her own trouble. I don't and know. it was in 2006, so it was eight years after this episode aired. So, I oh, mean, wow. they're okay. older for sure. Yeah, dang. Okay, good call. Good call. Great details. Um, back at the museum, Joey is on lunch, and the girls go to sit... And he, this girl goes to sit and he asks her to like sit elsewhere because he's saving his uh, friend a seat. And she finds out it's Dr. Geller and the girl says like, Dr. Geller? And says he definitely won't sit there. There is major clickage in this lunchroom. She is giving Joey an education on the lunchroom. Now she proves this by calling out the name of one of the other doctors who used to be in grade school with her, and he like shamedly ignores her. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's my favorite. This part was probably one of my favorite parts in the whole episode. When she goes, I gave you my good. snack pack. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was so funny. And he just like is eating his food, like not looking at her. Oh, yeah. It was so yeah. good. He's just completely like ignoring. It's so great. But Joey will not be deterred. He sticks up for his friend. Um, like, no table clicks are keeping them apart, are they? Um, and they very much do. They very much... <laughs> yeah, Ross very much ignores them. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like a scene Ross has to, like... It's like one of those, like, patronizing type of, like... I'll just sit over here. You know, like, Joey is very disappointed in Ross. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, He's very much let down. And we follow in this storyline over at the girls' apartment when Ross comes in. And you can tell immediately on Joey's face that he's, like, really upset. And he apologized to Joey. Then he tries to, but then he just, like, he tries to justify it by getting Monica involved which does nothing really to prove nor disprove his point. And Joey says, like, it's cool if they can't be friends at work. And he tries to compare it to, like, his own plays. Um, you know, which obviously is, is not really the point he's making and doesn't really, it's not like apples and, it's like apples and oranges. It's not quite the great comparison, but he, like, tries to throw it in. But then he leaves. And, um... Why does, and then I wrote another note that I cannot decipher. Don't you love that? Oh, I said Ross says he waves 
What, does that mean anything to you after having watched the episode? Um, no. Okay. Well, then we'll move on. Now Chandler comes in, and Phoebe is singing to the dog. The dog needs to go potty, and Monica finds out that Phoebe has been taking the dog out on the balcony. <laughs> and I honestly don't blame Phoebe at all. <laughs> like, if I lived in New York with Banks, I may consider some alternative methods. Well, I mean, like, like except I, on the weekends. I'm sure they did back then too. But like, there's puppy pads. You could just put those out on the balcony. Right. I don't they have that... like don't they have like grass too that is like like they a, do a bigger now. puppy pad that you can eat? like they have them in airports. Yes. So you could like took, put that out there. Yeah, I took my dog Binky into one of those once because oh, that was that Christmas that I got delayed like for 12 yeah. hours. So like well, Christmas Eve I was small just like dog, waiting. It would make sense. I wouldn't do it with like a great dame, but Sure. Sure. Something small. Yeah. Medium size. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, now, Chandler tell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know what you mean. <laughs> I thought we were talking about another one, but that's hilarious. So Chandler tells them that they're all sitting around there that he, to the girls, that they had sex, which was fine. Um, didn't, he like makes a joke like, she just didn't agree with me as strongly as she agreed with Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Chandler is desperate to go from nice to, oh my God, someone's killing her in there. <laughs> okay, pause for a second. Yes. I loved, I'm like forgetting what the shirt looks like, but that color, like hunter green on Chandler was so good. Like it was such Ooh. a great color. I think it was a sweater. I need to look it up, but... It's probably a sweater. Like a sweater vest. Sweater vest. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Now, this is a scene, the infamous scene, the one that gives us our inspiration for our episode rating number seven. Um, Monica decides to educate him now on the seven erogenous zones. Now, Chandler looks very confused after number three. <laughs> and there's still four more after number three. Um, uh, why? Okay, did we ever find out that Ross has a foot fetish? No. I feel, why did I write this? <laughs> Rachel. Oh, um. Was that the, the one where that he asks if it's a, an erogenous zone? Wait, Rachel says something, right? She does. Uh, I think she, because Monica, like, writes them down first. And yes. then Rachel was like, ooh, the feet? Or someone said something about the feet, and Rachel's like, oh, you'd be surprised or something. Yes. There's some, okay, I forget. I'll probably watch this episode after just to, like, satisfy my own, like, wondering. But there's some mention of, like, feet and Rachel. And it's like, she would be the one out of the group to have, like, an OnlyFans account with, like, feet or something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but Monica then gives Chandler a lesson in the erogenous zones. And the numbers go something like this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to say it with her fervor, so don't worry. <laughs> Good. One, two, one, two, three, three, four, five, three, two, 
two, two, four, two, four, four, six, four, two, two, four, seven, five, seven, six, seven, 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 and then a silent seven. I can't. This is like, this will probably go down as my favorite scene. I'm just going to mention it now. It's so good. I it's also because... think I might have messed the numbers up in there as I was going. That's okay. But I honestly, I, I don't know that we can say much else about this scene, except that if you don't remember it or if you haven't seen it, you need to you just go, go watch it. this episode for this one scene alone. Because it is one of those like iconic Friends scenes. And the reaction on Chandler's face and Rachel's face as she's doing this is just absolutely priceless. Yeah, like Chandler looks a little afraid. He does. He's <laughs> like like he keeps like getting like farther from her, like what is happening? Yes. And like you're and... enjoying this way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rachel is also like pseudo enjoying it, like through Monica. Like I think she can like slightly imagine it herself, which is also yeah. hilarious. Um so this was a very it was a very great scene. Okay, so there's a fun fact about this scene. Um, Do we ever find out the seven erogenous zones? Is there like a Google about okay, that? Okay, yes. Yeah, so it does kind of say a little bit. Where was it? Um, okay, women's health sites have listed Monica's seven er- erogenous zones as the ears, the lips, the neck, the breasts, the butt, and the inner thighs, and the vagina. Um, Mm -hmm. and they think that Chandler's surprise reaction is likely to the ears, which would make sense. So when he's kind of like number three, I think is the number he went by. They think that's probably what it was. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Anything, anything else about that? I just, I love that scene. It's so funny. Um, at one point somebody mentions Matterhorn Disneyland I think I think Chandler mentioned it I think he said something about like um is it as good as I don't remember what they said but I googled it because I think they said I don't even remember now like this isn't even gonna make sense but I did google it because I had never heard of the Matterhorn because it's at Disneyland not Disney World um but I made a put a link in here so let me look maybe this will remind me so it is like the so you hurdle through a snow-capped mountain on a speeding alpine sled all while avoiding the clutches of the abominable snowman so it's like the biggest ride i guess at disneyland and Mm. it opened in 1959 as the first thrill ride at disneyland so it was like the first and like biggest ride that they had I can't remember what he said about it, but he had said something like his, I don't know. That's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to figure it out. Okay. I don't remember. Sorry. Get in there later. You're good. Okay, cool. Now back at the museum, there's a showdown about to happen. And, um, Ross walks into the lunchroom and the doctors, he, he kind of sort of hesitates around Joey because Joey is, you know, looking very like, angry sad you know and the doctors point out to the open seat 
But Ross, in this moment, for his friend, decides to make a stand. And he asks Joey to sit with him very, like, aggressive, like, very openly, like, exaggerating, makes it, like, a thing. And Ross makes a whole speech. Now, Llewellyn, I have prepared something for you. Oh, no. (laughs) Are you ready? No. Here... Here is Dr. Ross Geller's speech. Okay. You know, we work in a museum of natural history, and yet there is something unnatural about the way we eat lunch. Now I look around this cafeteria, and you know what I see? I see division, division of people in white coats and people in blue blazers. And I ask myself, why God, why? Now I say we shed these coats that separate us and we get to know the people underneath. (laughs) Okay, I need to know, did you pre-record that or did you just do that live? (laughs) I just did that live. (laughs) Oh, that was too good. It's I'm literally in the red for the entire thing, but I hope it came across because I, I mean, had this, I heard it loud and clear. Friends, I had this vision of what would happen in my brain, and I just had to I, do it and surprise you. I was laughing so hard <laughs> because I could only literally imagine so that Ross would have loved to have that music behind him. Yeah. <laughs> well done, uh, man. Well so done. So good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you like it. Now, the room starts then sharing about themselves. Ross has, like, created this environment where we're going to start being together as a group of people. And it gets a little bit too personal, Rhonda, looking at you, girl. Um, It gets really too personal too quickly. There's about three to four really solid shares. And then it just like, it goes a little over the railing, which is like not really what they were looking for, but it's like a good, you know, it's a good start to what Ross was getting at. So that is the scene at the museum. Now back at the cafe, we are wrapping up this episode with this final larger scene Phoebe and the girls are waiting for her mom to come to get the puppy. And the girls are now also so attached to this adorable little pup. And Phoebe is like relaying, like she can't give away a baby. Like this is just too hard. If if I have to give up this puppy now after a couple days, like how heartbroken am I going to be for like a baby that has physically come out of me? Now, Alice and Frank Jr. are just in the neighborhood, quote unquote, no pressure, checking in on Phoebe, but if there is something to share, they'll be just sticking around to have some coffee. Um, They just seem to be like popping up everywhere, Um, especially like in the next episode, we'll see a little bit more how they just kind of like like to insert themselves into like where things are happening with Phoebe. Um... Now they notice that Phoebe has a dog and they are like loving on it. It's so cute. Then Phoebe just gets this idea and offers for them to take it. Phoebe's like, okay now all of a sudden because look how happy they are. And 
she's realizing that she truly wants to do it. It's going to be like a million times harder, but a million times better. And I honestly, Llewellyn, I teared up in this scene. I thought it was so well done how they kind of tied it in with the fact that like, yes, a baby is a bigger decision than a dog. And if a dog makes them happy for me to give that away to them, and I feel good about that, then it's going to be like times that all a million for both. Like, yeah, it's going to be hard. Just like it's hard to give up this puppy after starting to love it, but look how happy it makes them. And it was just so, it was just so sweet how resolved, I guess, Phoebe was in her decision. Yeah. I think, um, I think the same thing. I didn't tear up, but I definitely could see why you would. Um, and I think, what makes her situation unique too is that like it's her brother that she's carrying this baby for so even mm-hmm. though yes it's going to be hard to give up the baby um at the end the nice thing is that like she will be that baby's aunt so yeah she will still get to see them grow up she'll still get to see you know all the milestones and all of that so i think um in a way like not that it makes it any easier but i think it kind of can lessen that burden as well but yeah. no, I could definitely tell like when she handed him the dog, I was like, oh, you can see the joy in her face mm-hmm. and like, she's going to make the decision to do it. it. I mean, I already knew she did, but you could tell that she was just so happy and they were so like elated. Yeah. And I loved how like the girls were there. Like, yeah. at, like when she kind of says yes, like they are instantly so supportive. Like I, I loved this portrayal of the friends because Um, Throughout this episode, specifically in this timeline, they were so wanting to make sure that she knew the risk and like the weight of the decision. But you could really tell that it's like, no matter what you decide, like we are 100% for. Yeah. And, and they're like instantly supportive. And I love it. Yeah. I love that about like just all their friendships. Like they, they pointed out all the things that like, you know, could be hard and why she may, may not want to do it. But at the end of the day. Mm they were all very clear, like, whatever you decide, we are, like, 100% in your corner. Yeah. Which was just so sweet. Agreed. Now, Phoebe's mom comes in, asking, like, kind of what's happening, and she, Phoebe is like, oh my gosh, I gave them the puppy, and I'm gonna do it, and the only issue that Phoebe's mom has with all of this is the fact that, like, that was her puppy. Yeah. Um, And she, like, gave it away. (laughs) So... That was essentially the end of the main part of the episode. Now, in the tag, we're at the girls' apartment, and Monica and Rachel... Sorry, Monica asks Rachel if she would ever be a surrogate. And she says, like, it depends on who asked. And Monica was like, what if I ask? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes, absolutely. And then she's sort of like, wait, but you're not asking me, are you? Um, Which sort of shows that, like, she she maybe thinks she'd say yes, but I'm not actually sure she would, especially someone like Rachel. Right. I think, I don't know, maybe. Um, and then Kathy comes just bursting through the door with disheveled hair, gives Monica the biggest hug, repeating thank you over and over and over very aggressively. And we all know why she is, a woman of few words. <laughs> yes. 
so good. Anything else about this episode? Any more fun facts or yes, things that you caught? Yeah, um, a couple of fun facts. So in that last scene where Monica asked Rachel if she'd ever agree to be her surrogate, um, Rachel replies that she would. But in season nine, when Monica and Chandler turn out to be unlikely to conceive, they reject the idea of surrogacy and ultimately end up adopting their twins in the series finale. So I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I remember the storyline, but I don't remember specifics. I don't even know if they ever asked Rachel. But it's just interesting that, like, Monica asks and Rachel says yes, but then they never took her up on that offer. Um, and then... This one's minor. In future episodes, it's revealed that Chandler is afraid of dogs, but he isn't scared mm. of the dog Phoebe has in this episode. So they think it's likely that he may have gotten over his fear, or maybe because it was a puppy. Um, mm. Yeah, it looks like. Yeah, it's that. so small. Yeah. And then I think we mentioned it the last episode, but um, the whole storyline of Phoebe having her brother's baby, or babies, as we'll find out. Um, was created to keep Lisa Kudrow in the show while she was actually pregnant mm. and why she stays behind later on in the season when all the friends fly to London because she's yes. in her third trimester and she cannot fly. Yes. But yeah, that's it. Nice. Cool. Thanks oh, for those. The Matterhorn. Yes. I figured it out. Oh, yeah. So when Monica first starts mentioning the zones, she says, and I found like the quote, Monica says, most guys will hit one, two, three, and then go to seven and set up camp. Chandler responds, that's bad. And Rachel goes, well, if you go to Disneyland, you don't spend the whole day at the Matterhorn. And Chandler's like, well, you might if it were anything like seven. <laughs> that's so right. That's I right. I looked it up and Matterhorn is like Disneyland's number one, I guess. Dang. So. I have never even heard of the Matterhorn. <laughs> I hadn't either. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? I know I, about the teacups, and it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it's Disney World. We, I don't. I've oh, that's never right. That's right. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting the difference. Yeah. Those are good. Okay. Well, I think we can quickly skip past this line item on our agenda. Favorite scene? Oh, seven, 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 seven. seven. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Okay. Then episode rating system. Do you rate it what it is? <laughs> Uh, gosh, I want to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'd go that high, though. Um, I'm probably going to say, how you doing? Um, it was a good episode. I love that scene. It's iconic. Um, and kind of what we already talked about with Phoebe. Like, I like I like how they handled that situation. Like, you know, Frank asked him. Her response was accurate. Um, and then how they brought her mom in. I thought that was a really touching point, how they brought her mom in to, you know, like explain, like it was really hard for me to give up you twins. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I just want you to think about this. Like, I feel like that was the only, one of the only like mothering things that her birth mother actually did for them. Yeah. Um, or that we see at least. So I thought that was really good. Um, but yeah, I kind of like what you already said with, Chandler that was like it was just a random storyline I mean it gave us a funny part but also like what um so yeah I don't know I'm gonna give it a how you doing what about you um I think I am I am going to get a give it a seven seven <laughs> seven 
I think that I love this storyline with Phoebe. It's like very her forward and she's been in the background for a while. So I do appreciate that we're bringing her a little bit more to the forefront. Um, I love that. <clears throat> I really liked the Chan or Joey and Ross element. Um, they aren't paired together very often because it's very much usually Chandler and Joey. So I liked... I liked their pairing and them having the storyline, which I thought was cool. And then with the, uh, wait, were there only two? What's the other storyline? The Chandler. 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 And Kathy. Yes. Yeah, that was very much C. Because, like, we start off with it. We have, like, one. Well, I think um, the, the big one was Phoebe. And then I think... Honestly, Joey's and Chandler's could both be like C lines. Like C yeah. lines. Like there really wasn't a B. Yeah. I feel like a lot like more happened with the museum, but yeah, I guess the Chandler, like that again, it's just it's just iconic, the idea of it. Um didn't love, like I said, the idea of it kind of being like a really weird, flaky relationship like issue that like randomly comes up. Um I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. So, um, but yeah, so I would rate it exactly as we, as it, as it shows us to be. So anyways, okay. Post-show wrap up. Trivia time. Yes. Okay. What kind of toy does Chandler like to take baths with? It's a rubber duck, isn't it? I hope so. <laughs> it's not. But no. Oh, no. A bat. A, what toy does he like to take? Please tell me it's not. It's not Hugsy. No, that's Joey. Oh, Chandler. I was literally visualizing Joey. Okay. What does he like to take a bath with? Yeah. I feel like it's probably just one episode. Because, I mean, there is an episode where he has a, a, a rubber ducky, but. It's not the actual animals, is it? No. Okay. I have no idea. It's Shit. a toy battleship. Oh, yeah. I would not have guessed that. Okay. No, okay. Okay. Oh, for one. Um, okay. What was Rachel getting in Ross's apartment when she heard Emily's phone message? Oh, gosh. She was getting... I know she grabs money off of the table, but that's not what she's going there for. Wasn't she going to erase her own message? Um, no, I accidentally looked at it, so I can't. Um, no, no, I think they weren't living together at this point, were they? Did they ever live together? I'm having a blank. No, because the message was from Emily. Wait. Wait a right? minute. This is when, is this Wait. after they come back from thinking? London? This is after they come back from London. And she went over to Ross's apartment to get something for the friends, I think. And that's when we heard the phone call where Emily didn't want her to, or him to see her, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, or that she, like, wanted him back or wanted to talk. I know, oh, shoot, margarita? Yes. Tequila? It's margarita mix. Yes! <laughs> wow, I pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> that was pretty good. That's awesome. Um, okay, social media spotlight. We've got Manang uh, Lankumar. 
he messaged us again to follow up on the last time we had done a um, social media spotlight with him and he he was just trying to like wrap up he was trying to like wrap up something but I wanted to kind of get into some of the other things he said he goes um, or they sorry I don't know um, I've been listening uh, I've not been listening to you guys for the past two months and it's great to be back starting from episode 78 then a few days later I just realized you guys released episode 84 on my birthday January 13th happy birthday even though we're two months late. happy birthday we that's amazing you. um so he went ah I'm so happy right now um and then uh yeah, this I'll do with our, um, oh, then he also said, I'm re-listening to episode 85 and am, oh, oh, and I am laughing also. Oh, yes. I also don't like Ross, but Rossless episode. Come on. <laughs> I think we like rated it high because it was a Rossless episode. <laughs> um, also, I came across this funny thing. Almost every time Leanne asks Llewellyn to rate the episode, she goes, oh gosh. So here's what he recorded. Hey guys, it's Manal. I would like to recommend two books to friends today. Um, I love to read books, especially fictions, rom-coms in particular. And there's this local author, he is my favorite. His name is Santilon Ozukam, and he has a novel series which I just love. I've read both of the books twice, and I just can't get over how good it is. The first one is called Campus Blues, and the sequel to it is called Dreams and Chaos. If you love to read and wondering which book to grab next these could be it i will attach the links in the chat you can go check it out yeah oh, manang okay honestly i loved hearing his voice yeah it like um, really that's... helps like put like you know like i don't know it makes it a little bit more personal i like that yes oh manang thank you i also love um i feel like besides you know, messaging back and forth with Beth. Like, this is the first friend that we've heard from with an audio, right? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much, Manang. Um, I have those links. So when I put the episode recap up in the description, I will link those two books as well as the author, um, the two different books that you mentioned and linked here, I will definitely include as well. Um, I think we'll have, I'll have that be my recommend to a friend today and I'll just push whatever I had. Um, cause I think that's a great recommendation. Um, I just went to like a local bookstore a couple days ago and I think local artists is really cool. So thanks for sending those and I will make sure that those get distributed out to the rest of our friends. Um, so that was like a social media spotlight plus a recommend to a friend a little bit or a great segue. So... <laughs> Llewellyn, what was your recommend to yes. a friend? So mine's quick and probably late to the game, but um, I, as we mentioned earlier, we live with roommates, and in my current my current situation, one of my roommates is uh, an, a nurse, and she works at night, so she's mm. usually sleeping during the day. Um, and where we have wow. our TV in our living room like set up is along the wall that also holds her bed on the opposite side, so... It's like, if you're watching TV, she's going to hear it clear as day. Mm. Um, and the other day, I was sitting there watching TV on my laptop with my AirPods in. And I was like, I wonder, because I have an Apple TV, I was like, I wonder if sure. there's any way that I can hook my AirPods up to my Apple TV and like watch this on the big screen. 
while I, because I think I was actually watching one of these episodes and like trying to type like next to it. So like it was, it just would have made more sense if I could have my laptop free. Um, and so I went into the settings to look and you can, and again, I'm probably late to the game on this, but you can connect your AirPods to your Apple TV. So you're watching TV and like not bothering anybody else, which I thought was just incredible. And like, I should have known, like, obviously your AirPods are going to connect to an Apple device. Um, but I don't know, maybe just because it was such like a, a big item, I was like, there's no way that's going to work, but it did. And it's been a game changer because I will watch TV sometimes when my roommates are sleeping or doing something else and then I'm not bothering them, which is great. So if you have an Apple TV and you have AirPods, give it a try. Um, that makes me want to go buy an Apple TV right now. Honestly, it's such, it's like so worth it because the TV I have is like so old. It's not a smart TV. So that box literally like makes everything smart. Oh my gosh. I was literally watching an, um, like a TV show one time. And I think the unit that like shares a wall with us, I think her bed or something is like right on the same wall as my TV. And I had the, I had the. I had the like sound level at like an eight, which is so low, so low. But at night when it's dead quiet, she was like, she like banged on the wall and I felt so bad because I was like, oh my gosh, like I wasn't trying to like keep you up. So I had to like bump it down to like a level six and I could barely hear what was happening. So I put on like the subtitles. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So that makes me want to do it immediately. That is yeah. a great recommend to a friend. And Man, we've got get, some good ones today. Yeah, you can get, like, um, if you go to, like, the refurbished site, you can find them. Or I think I actually bought mine on Amazon. And, I I mean, I don't have the newest Apple TV. I don't know what generation it is, but it's not the newest. It's not the oldest. And I've had it for, I think, going on two years now and not had any issues. And it's, it's honestly great. And it connects with everything. You can airplay whatever you you use apple music no you use spotify you can put spotify Spotify. on there spotify i'll do (laughs) you can also use your podcast on there like it's it's great and Mm. it like frees up your phone it frees up your laptop i love it that's awesome um yes so great okay great recommends to a friend thanks manang um for your recommend to a friend um, I know you have another one on there and I promise I'll get to it, but I love the book. Whoa. Again, I was not watching something. I was trying to get Seriously, out of on Instagram. Calm down. I was trying to get out of the message that he sent us so I wouldn't accidentally play it and then something played. No more devices while we record. Calm down. Uh, um, no, Mane, I was just saying thank you. We appreciated hearing your voice. I think that's great. Um, if you guys are sending us a message, we would also love to hear your voices as well. If you're willing, um, if not, we get it. Um, but that was, I don't know, that felt really special. So thank you. And I think that brings us to this episode's conclusion. It's natural closure. Yeah. So we will catch you guys next week on the one with friends podcast. 